It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Get them going. Labor Day weekend is in the rearview mirror. Alabama is now four days away for the Texas Longhorns. And we're talking about it with you on Austin's only local morning sports conversation. Five hours a day, five days a week, including yesterday. Yes, we were here. If you weren't, where were you? We were talking Texas football, the win over Rice, and all the uh, college football of the weekend. And now uh, eagerly anticipating the big showdown in Tuscaloosa and uh, the start of the NFL season as well. A lot to do. Five hours maybe will be enough to get through all the things we need to discuss this morning. This Tuesday, the 5th of September, we appreciate you being there wherever you find us. Uh, a lot of ways to do so. 1019 on the FM dial, AM 1260. And, of course, always streaming for you on that Horn app, always on your smart speaker, and always at hornfm.com. You can watch the program on our Twitch channel there at hornfm.com. And also uh, pre- appreciate you firing up the YouTube.com at the Horn Austin. Uh, YouTube page, becoming a uh, subscriber there for us and watching through that as well. So many ways to do it and a lot to do as we crank this thing up on a Tuesday morning. And look who it is across the uh, counter from me, the desk, the shutdown corner, holding down his side of the field five hours a day, uh, five days a week. From DB High down in the 713 and DBU here in the 512, four stops in uh, different NFL zip codes as well. A lifetime Longhorn, a football theorist, or number 21 in your program, but always number one in your heart. What's up, Rod Babers? Appreciate the intro as always, brother. Uh, ready to talk some Texas Bama. Big Ooh. week for Texas. And as we know, anything can happen in college football. We watched that last night, actually. One Crazy. of the weirdest games you'll ever see. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy things are happening in college football early on. Uh, but we'll get to it. We'll break it down uh, as we do every morning. Let me uh, let us salute those who choose to serve. We know that it is an honor, but also a burden. Uh, we appreciate all those who serve, whether it be God, country, or community. We appreciate you and want to salute you. Uh, so to all the first responders, soldiers, nurses, teachers on every level, waste management, it doesn't matter. Uh, we appreciate you and want you to know that uh, we know that our society is built on the selflessness of service. And uh, we appreciate you this morning. Yeah, and absolutely. I uh, actually was prepping for the show about 410. Heard the uh, the fire engines and fire trucks uh, racing go. by here going somewhere. There you go. Hopefully everybody's okay. But uh, Get a, up, early. And at it. <laughs> up and at it. And uh, hopefully yes. you, uh, if you do serve or whatever you do, you got a chance to kick back a little bit this past weekend, watch some college football, enjoy the three-day Labor Day weekend, but we're back at it and a lot to do. If you did miss yesterday's shows, we'll, we will recap some of our thoughts from the opener with Rice, but obviously, as Rod just said, time to turn full attention to Alabama. It's time, and week baby. number two, it's mm-hmm. uh, pretty clear, if you saw Texas play on Saturday, that uh, they, there might have been a bit of a look-ahead scenario there as well as far as the game plan and the execution. Longhorns have been thinking about this Bama game since last year when they uh, let the uh, the Bama Crimson Tide get out of Austin and escape with a 20-19 to win, a game the Longhorns had every opportunity to win, 
and uh, couldn't close the deal. Let him off the hook. Let him off the hook, and uh, now they face a pretty monumental task. They are who we thought they were. Going to Alabama, that's right. (laughs) Well, a lot to do. Rod mentioned the crazy game last night. The NFL kicks off on Thursday night. Big baseball series up in Arlington. We'll get to it. Let's start with the headlines on this uh, Tuesday morning. Get you caught up with all the news as you get up and out to start your four-day work week. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Yeah, we'll start in college football. Longhorns successfully opened their 2023 season on Saturday with that 37-10 win over Rice at DKR, opener that featured a dominating defense for the Longhorns and an offense that skipped and sputtered through the first half but found its rhythm in the second, blew the game open, and cruised to the win. 11th-ranked Longhorns can now turn their full attention to the much-anticipated trip to Alabama and a battle of traditional college football powers. Longhorns have been installed as a 7.5-point underdog for the game Saturday night. Texas went toe-to-toe with Alabama last year here in Austin, fell to the in the final seconds, 20-19, but faced the massive challenge this year considering the tide are 84-5 at Bryant-Denny Stadium since 2008. They've won their last 20. ESPN will air the game Saturday at 6. Four-letter network also announced yesterday that College Game Day will be broadcasting live Saturday morning from the Alabama campus. Um, Big-time marquee matchup. Great news yesterday for Texas. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian confirmed that freshman running back C.J. Baxter returned to practice on, on Monday. Baxter left in the second quarter of Saturday's win with a minor rib injury, they're calling it, in that game. The 6'1", 218-pounder from Orlando became the first Texas running back to be the starting running back in the season since Ricky Williams back in 1995. Before that, it was Earl Campbell in 1974. Stunning to wrap up the weekend of college football last night. Duke Blue Devils. Uh, dismantled ninth-ranked Clemson, 28-7 on their home field. Two touchdown underdogs emphatically beat the mistake-prone Tigers to notch their first win over an AP Top 10 opponent since 1989. Kay Klubnick and Clemson moved the ball last night. They piled up 29 first downs, over 420 yards of offense but had two short field goals blocked, turned the ball over three times, twice on fumbles after having first and goal at the one-yard line. They lose that game. Major League Baseball yesterday, Houston Astros rallied to take the first game of that uh, final Lone Star Series of 2023 up in Arlington. Rangers built an early 3-0 lead, but the uh, Astros proceeded to hit five home runs, two for Jose Altuve, two for Mauricio Dubon, and a big three-run shot from the rookie catcher Yiner Diaz that capped a six-run seventh inning that blew that game open. Mariners also lost yesterday in Cincinnati, so the Astros are now pulled even with Seattle atop the AL West. Texas a game back of both. Game two of that series at Globe Life is tonight. Framber Valdez for Houston. Nathan Eovaldi will make his first start for the Rangers in nearly two months in that game. Also tonight, Round Rock opens a series at El Paso. Uh, and in tennis, former University of Texas star Peyton Stearns saw her impressive run at the U.S. Open come to a tough end yesterday in the round of 16. 21-year-old lost, lost a hard-fought three-set match to the reigning Wimbledon champion Marketa Bondrusova. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right, uh, man, I don't know who would have bet on Duke to to just put it on Clemson like that. But if you did, you should have did it with my friends over at MyBookie. Winning season has officially returned, and now that the new football season has officially kicked off, there are plenty of opportunities to win over at MyBookie. As a better, you demand perfection, and MyBookie delivers NFL, college, football, and a brand-new cash-out system that gives you options to bet and win big all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, you can cash out early, use those 
funds on another bet, or you can let it ride for another chance at a bigger payday. Join the MyBookie team and the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odds boosts, free bets, and super contests. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag. That's MyBookie.ag right now and register for an account absolutely free. Yeah, we're talking about free 99. That's the best price you can get. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use the promo code HORN, H-O-R-N, to grab a welcome bonus on the house. Yeah, you know what that means, on the house. Promo code HORN, H-O-R-N, to claim your deposit bonus. And for a limited time, you get a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. Uh, So go to MyBookie.ag, use that promo code HORN. And remember, you can bet anything, bet anytime, and bet anywhere. As long as you're betting with my friends in MyBookie, you are betting with the best. Betting with the best. Yeah, Duke Duke was the big pick yesterday with Mike Alco, former Texas A&M defensive coordinator, taking over that program. You know he can coach defense. And um, they they had a pretty good game plan for Clemson, who sputtered, kind of like Texas in the first half, just you know, getting out of their own way. Oh, yeah, that first half for Clemson offensively. Punts, they did have that touchdown, that 18-yard drive. They had a fumble, punt, missed field goal, and a punt. That's how he started out the game. Just not good. Yeah. Just not good. And uh, obviously, Davo Swinney, it does feel like his program is sliding in the wrong direction. Even the addition of Garrett Riley as the offensive coordinator coming in from TCU, Lincoln Riley's brother. Um, you know, you know. Meanwhile, out there at Oregon State over the weekend, Dewey, uh, DJ Uyunglele, Uyunglele, who was the Clemson quarterback who took a lot of the blame for the sputtering offense of the last couple of years, he had five touchdowns, looked great for yeah. Oregon State. And so people starting to wonder. Now, Dabo Swinney, you know, was was, was uh, at, at a loss mm. for words after the game last night. Uh, he, he said, I've never had a team. We've never lost a game when we rush for 200 yards and pass for 200 yards in a game. And this one was that. They they had every – I mean, you get the first and goal at the one-yard line twice, Rod, and don't score. You yeah. fumble the ball. Um, one of them, you know, flipped the game completely when it was 13-7. Mm-hmm. to seven. Uh, And they looked like they were going to go in and take the lead, 14-13. Uh, d- defensive tackle gets quick penetration, forces a fumble. It pops up and Crazy. the DB picks it up. By the way, on that play, you see the speed of Cade Klubnick? Mm. Oh, yeah, he can Ch- run. Chasing down that DB. He can run, run. No, D- he got, he's a long strider, too. I know. Yeah. DB scooped that ball and looked like he was going house call yeah. for a 14-point swing, and uh, Cade Klubnick raced him down I remember and that chased state him down. title game, I think it was, where he hit the sideline. Uh, maybe it was a state title. I don't remember what it was. It was one of the playoff games. He hit the sideline, and I saw it, and I was like, what? And then they told me that he ran. Did you say Ty, he ran track, too, I believe? Uh, he's a, Klubnick? Did he, did he run track? Yeah. Yeah. He was like a state champion, four by four guy. Yeah, like he, no, he, 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 that makes sense because his stride is like, he can run. He, yeah, no, he, let me say, he not, was he, tracking that dude yeah, down. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, no, I saw it too. I saw it when he uh, was in high school. I was like, man, dude, he's got he got some wheels on him. Yeah, he's athletic, but uh, yeah, didn't help him um, in that game. And in short yardage, you're right. When you when you get in the red zone like that, deep in the red zone, hell, even Texas. You talked about it yesterday. And Sark, we'll hear from Sark uh, his media availability yesterday. He talked about it. Red zone, they didn't cash in enough. Money downs, man. You're going to pay the price for that in the red zone if you don't cash in and get points. And honestly, three, three is not enough. You're settling for three. You need oh, seven. Man. In big games like that, you need seven. And now Whoa. I guess, I don't know if Duke is considered a big game. <laughs> it was Maybe first. we'll see. I mean, yeah. uh, Mike Elko's built that thing. But, yeah, that's a game. If you're, I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm always hesitant to talk about top ten teams because we know it's all speculative at this point. We don't know who's good and not. Uh, mm. We think Clemson's going to be pretty good. But, you know, Duke was, was the superior team. But not only the, the the red zone misses, but two field goals blocked. Just and then there was right after that uh, that scoop and score where or scoop fumble play where Cade Klubnick tracked it down. The Duke went on to score there. So instead of fourteen thirteen Clemson, it was twenty one because uh, Duke scored a touchdown after Klubnick raced him down. But they went in and scored. Then it's then they got the two point conversion. So it was twenty one seven. Clemson comes back with the ball. 
and they go for it on fourth down, and Klubnik is running towards the sticks to get a first down as the quarterback mm. scramble, and he goes into a slide, and they rule that he slid before. Remember, you're down as a quarterback wherever you begin the slide. And they, they reviewed it and ruled that he began the slide before he got to the first down marker. But on the play rod, he got clobbered. And they called a targeting mm. call on the linebacker for Duke. So it was a weird thing that yeah. Duke got the ball, but they called it a dead ball targeting call. So it was 15 yards back. Just a weird New play. New age football, baby. That was, really yeah, the yeah. End. <laughs> that was really the end for Clemson at that point because they had turned it over down 14. And Duke was went down and scored again. And um, that was that was not pretty for the Clemson Tigers and Dabo Swinney starting to, to feel the heat just a little bit. Yeah, because Clemson has now lost three of its last four games for the first time in basically the Dabo Swinney, in, in first time in 12 years since Dabo Swinney's third full season. You know, that's before he got it going. And once he got it going, you know, they, they kind of went on their run. Well, uh, and remember they got smacked by uh, South Carolina at the end of last year. They lost to uh, Tennessee in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Now they lose this game here to start the season. And now they, they've – how about this? They also have now lost their last two games. You brought that South Carolina game as double-digit favorites. All oh. right. Double-digit well, favorites. Yeah. Well, and I know when we when we went through our Ian Rodby Horn Top 20 countdown and we had Clemson, we talked to our insider at Clemson and asked the question, you know, is it sliding a little bit for Dabo? There's been the there's been the, the, the parallel to Mac Brown at Texas, right? A lot of the, those. That, yep. that Mac Brown at Texas had Vince Young and Colt McCoy and these two great trans, trans, transcendent quarterbacks and went on a, a you know an unbelievable back dominating run. Yeah. And then the run came to a, to an end because Mac Brown, in my opinion, in my opinion, was slow to evolve to what was changing in college football. And next thing you know, he was he went from from leading the pack to trailing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're seeing Dabo Swinney, who has not embraced the transfer portal, Mm-mm. doesn't like the whole NIL thing. Um, he's he's traditionalist, as it were, which is which is fine. But at the same time, if everyone else is taking advantage of it and you're not, um, you know, are you falling behind? Are you not keeping up? And as Steve Sarkeesian is prone to say, you know, evolve or die in college football. You may not like the rules, but, Rod, you got to use them where they're there. No doubt. And I, it seems like they're suffering at the skill positions. They just don't have Receivers. The, the receiver and DB talent that they once did. And, you know, I'm sure it's affecting the trenches too. But I, it seems to me the eye test, they don't have the wide receiver and the DB skill talent they once had on that run as well. Yeah. And Kate Clubbing, I think, end up being a good, you know, I think a a good, good quarterback. Yeah. But they don't have the skill talent around them they once put around those other quarterbacks either. Yeah. Well, they you're right about the, you know, the, uh, the, the the Deshaun Watsons and the Justin Rosses and those type of players on the outside mm-hmm. uh, and you know the the skill talent and even I thought Duke won, won the well, look they they gained 422 yards so they moved the football they just shot themselves in a the foot over and over again and were uh, sloppy as they could be give Duke a lot of credit though on their home field they protected it they wrap up a weird weekend of college football mm. uh, we we saw some crazy stuff Deion Sanders and uh, uh, that incredible oh, performance. Dion's still talking. I love it. We're going to have to hear some more of that later on. He's still talking. He, he should be. Yeah. He well, should I mean, be. He should be proud of what he did. And Dion's getting, the, uh, Dion's getting the praise, and rightfully so, because he, you know, a lot of people doubted him. And But Travis mm-hmm. Hunter's performance in that game, Rod, is something we've never seen before in college football. 
you know, if there's an early early dark horse for the Heisman Trophy, you got to put Travis Hunter in that conversation. It's Shohei of football right now. I mean, to, to, we to, haven't to, seen a Shohei of football. We need one. Well, Roger, there you Roger, go. He played offense and defense. Yeah, exactly. And he was the most <laughs> dominating player on either side of the ball both ways. Because it's, it, it's, it's a Shohei comparison. That's only we we haven't had a comparison like that actually win football. We talking about okay, what if he's Patrick Mahomes slash Aaron Donald? That's the only comparison you could have in the NFL if you kind of uh, made an amalgamation of those players together. Now. We actually got one in the first game of the yeah. college football season. That was fantastic. He really did. Uh, so I, I love it. I think it's great. And Dion, we'll find that sound. He's hinting that he's got other players that are, he's recruiting from the high school level who also want to be, you know, the the next Travis Hunter or the next Dion Sanders. They want to be two-way players. Yeah. Oh, this could be a nice, beautiful little trend, unique trend that Dion gets started. It would be great because there are those players, and they end up getting – Usually specialized to one side of the ball, just natural. But at first, they can do it. If some guys who have that type of skill who can do it, they should do it. It's well, fun. Well, look, they they went to TCU on Saturday, and and again, Travis Hunter was the most dominant player whenever he was on the field, whichever side of the ball he was on. Mm-hmm. He wasn't their leading receiver as far as yards, but he made the big catches against TCU. Right? I mean, drops the contested too. catches. I mean, he was and then on defense. He, you know, he shut he, down. Shut it down. He was there. Shut down. Corner. Shut down the corner. Right? <laughs> he shut down his side, down. like you do. Yeah. He's a shut down. Um, that was impressive, uh, to say the least. And obviously, watch, a wild game. Like he's a tune in. He's one of those guys. Why? I mean, we talked about Shohei being must watch television. I mean, Travis Hunter becoming one of those guys. You're like, man, I just got to check him out to see if he's going to play both oh, ways. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Well, they're, they're going to be, uh, you know, outside. I mean, this is a big weekend with Texas and Alabama. Yeah. Game day will be at uh, Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. A lot of Longhorn fans are making that trip and already getting uh, getting itchy to, to get on the road. But um, you know, don't don't forget about Nebraska and Colorado because that'll be a sellout in Boulder. Oh yeah, it'll be hype and Fox is going big mm-hmm. with that one again. And yeah, you got to tune in to see see what's next for Deion Sanders. I would say for TCU, Rod. That the, the game plan for Kendall Bryles uh, left a lot to be desired. We'll go back and watch that game. I mean, the 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 weakness of Colorado this year is going to be up on, in the, in the trenches. Yeah, you should, and they they averaged seven yards a carry. TCU that they that they threw the ball eight times more than they ran it. I mean, if you're playing Colorado, you got to run the ball. You really do mm-hmm. have to try to control the ball and attack the trenches. Uh, and I, I, you know, I think Matt Rule will see that and learn that, and they'll, they'll, and that's a Matt Rule style of play right it there, is. Rod. Yep, I totally agree because it, in the transfer portal, the toughest thing to get are oh, yeah. good linemen on uh, both sides of the ball because nobody's letting those good linemen go. When you, you build a lot of scrimmage, though, you keep the good linemen. The skill position guys, I'm not saying that they're a dime a dozen, but I think wide receiver is the deepest position in football at any level. So I think you can find decent wide receiver talent all over the place, and a lot of them in the transfer portal. A lot of decent DBs in the transfer portal. Where, look at Texas. Where, where are they getting in the transfer portal? They're getting wide receivers and DBs yeah. in the transfer portal because you can get some good wide receivers and DB talent transfer portal. You talking about linemen? No, man. You got, that's well, something you got to develop usually too. Well, and I'll you know say this, mean? Rod. My uh, now that we've had five days of football, college football, and really gotten to uh, to uh, devour it. Uh, you know, most impressive. I mean, the Colorado win was as impressive as anything. I thought Florida State and their dominant second half performance over mm-hmm. LSU. The Pac-12 undefeated. All the quarterback all the play QBs. in that conference. Well, and then I would put uh, that Texas defensive line, that Texas defense, as, as impressive as anything you saw this weekend. Mm. Uh, Rice has some pretty good players on the offensive side. It's Rice, so I'm not going to get too much. But but much, after what we saw last year, I mean, the defensive line might be better this year, Rod, with the uh, the emergence of e- Ethan Burke, who had a, a sack and a half and, a, and uh, a tackle and a half for loss to go with Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and all those dudes mm-hmm. up front. They were outstanding. The Texas D-line 
is something to deal with here, and that's what what a matchup that is against that really good Alabama O line. Honestly, week. I I agree with you, and I'll just you know add a little bit to it. I'll piggyback on that. Well, you can you could say defensive front because Jalen Ford is oh, fed, yeah. he's he, <laughs> he's one of the best linebackers in the country. Picked up where he left off last year with an interception. So you know, depending on how you know David Bender plays or Anthony Hill or whatever, you could go front because he's good. Yeah, like he's he's also elite there too. And now that you're putting that together with that defensive line, I'm with you. It's it's amazing to think. To Andre Sweat, I think I let me get the Pro Football Focus stat here because I want to make sure I get it right. Um, and I, I it, it matches up with the eye test because even you talk came in talking about how dominant <laughs> Tavondre Sweat looked. So t- pro, pro Football Focus said he had a 37% pass rush win rate in Week One. Say that five times fast. Uh, led all defensive tackles. Yeah. Well, Jalen Ford exactly what it looked like. And Jalen Ford was the highest graded uh, PFF linebacker in there Week One in college football. Yeah. So you, yeah. So you got to go Ni- like 92. Front. Yes. So you got to go front with pro, those guys. Pro Football Focus grade. He was elite and had that big interception. Uh, and there's a there's a and then Byron Murphy you said was the highest oh, graded defensive player yeah <laughs> so, and those three dudes and, 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 them three dudes and maybe the the biggest impact was was Ethan Burke who had that sack and a half he had another tackle and a half for loss he had a miss sack yeah he ew. He yeah. probably, he, hey, I know he's upset with himself now watching that thing. He's like, oh, man, I could have cashed the in. Mechanic, <laughs> the mechanic, baby. Yeah, well, I mean, look, that's. that's and Alfred Collins, yeah. if he, you know. And I thought Vernon Broughton brought, to play well, brought right. it. So, yeah. And, and I mentioned nah, yesterday. I Rod, you did there. Uh, what, Vernon Broughton? You said Vernon Broughton brought it. Brought it. Well, and the other one, I mean, the, been the, what we could, there was a, there's a, there's a back angle that I saw of that fourth down play that Texas stuffed out. And Tavondre Sweat at 362 pounds jumped over. A lineman. He's like a dancing bear out there. It's like, what? Who's going to handle that monster? I seen him one. He knocked like three people down. Yeah, the athleticism for a guy his size. So he can be athletic, or he can go out there and just be destructive. Right. You you see him, and you think he's just going to like hold up the line. No, 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 no. That dude's moving. That dude's penetrating. That guy was great. And the the guy I'll mention again, because a lot of folks weren't with us yesterday. Rod was number ninety-seven. Chris Ross, the the redshirt freshman from Galena Park, North Shore. When you go back on your rewatch, watch him, Rod. They put him on the edge, Mm -hmm. and he was. Quick first step off the edge. Now look, this Alabama offensive line is is potentially elite, and so this matchup with that Texas D line and this Alabama O line. This will answer all the questions oh, that man. you have about the fronts. This and, ain't right. So I get you. It I'll is give you the that. ultimate test. Listen, they've been building lines of scrimmage since they got here. That's yeah. been that's been Sark's mission. Building up the lines of scrimmage. He complained about the number of offensive linemen on the roster when he first got here. He didn't complain about much, honestly. Nope. Sark just kind of he he, he he really is not a complainer. He didn't he didn't complain about much. He actually. You know, griped about that. Like, what the hell's going on? Why we, why we ain't got enough more offensive linemen out here? We got so many receivers and tight ends. So they they rebuilt it. Shout out to the Pancake Factory, BMDs, uh, big money donors and boosters. Uh, and defensively, Bo Davis has done a phenomenal job developing the talent that was already here. Guys like Coburn, Ojemo, Alfred Collins. Now, uh, Bern, Vernon Broughton. Vernon, it's already been Broughton. All right, uh, you know, <laughs> Vernon, all, it's been Broughton. <laughs> Vernon, it's been Broughton. That's what you get a nickname when you start balling out, uh, Vernon Broughton. So that's we go keep doing it, uh, but yeah. And now, of course, you got Byron Murphy. You talk about Devontae Sweat, so he's he's doing a great, and he's recruiting some other guys, right? Some of those uh, some of those potential war daddies on the defense line, and then you got. Ethan Burke, who I'm with you. I love the mechanic. I love what Jerry Hamilton said about him, too, that he was um, a lacrosse player. Elite lacrosse player. Elite lacrosse player. School. And that 
if you watch him, that's why they put him in a two-point a lot, and he looks more comfortable in a two-point rather than a three-point because lacrosse is played up. Right. right. You're not getting down. You know what I mean? You're not, it's not lowest pad level, that kind of thing. It's not a you actually game. play. Yeah, you play a lot of it actually upright, and he's comfortable that way with his athleticism. Um, but put all that together, your ultimate test, is they've been building this for three years, this is the ultimate test because Alabama – is a line of scrimmage team, and as my man Jeff House says, SEC is a line of scrimmage league. Yeah, well, yeah. and Jalen <laughs> Jalen Milrow will be the quarterback, and he is a dual threat problem. Yes, that you have to deal with, and I know you'll take us behind the burn orange curtain on that, and how Texas can uh, stop a running quarterback. Uh, oh, yeah. The spies and look, we got all week to, to talk about it, but man, can't wait. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian throughout the morning as well from his Monday media availability yesterday. We appreciate you with your texts on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. It says, guys, uh, I love Travis Hunter, but playing 129 snaps isn't sustainable. Probably oh, no, not. It's not. What I said yesterday, it's just in the big games. It's like Shohei. Yeah, do it in the big should, game. Big, it's a big game thing. Like, are, are we national televised game? All right, man, you're going to be playing. Both. Oh, we got a big game in the Pac-12? All right, Travis, we're going to need you. And then you can do it selectively, play to play, situationally, play to play. Like, yeah, I agree. You can't do that. Was That was the showcase, though. Now we talk Think about it. He had to get us talking about this young man. He had to get get him in the Heisman conversation. Sure. In this game, we pulled the upset. And why they have the upset? Shadir Sanders and Travis Hunter. Those are the stars. Now both of those guys get thrust into the Heisman conversation. It was all deliberate. and It was part of the plan. And he's, and he's not going to do that every game. He's just now saying, and now the, the media blitz is, hey, in the NFL, he can do it too. Hey, in the NFL, he can do it too. Can he feel? I don't know, and we don't. But it's a great conversation to have, and across the country, Dion knows how sports media works. He he he's he in, it. in it. He's worked in it. He's like, man, I, I'll start the conversation, well, and all across the country, they'll have these conversations too, and they'll be Travis Hunter, Travis Hunter, free media. This. He's he's a media mind. This is part of the added value you got when you get Dion. This is why uh, uh, e-, e Hogan said, "Man, that, that Auburn they was stupid for not doing Auburn? it." Oh, and, I, and I said it was a brilliant hire, no matter if he won or not. It's gonna get you in the news. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, the media's <laughs> talking about it, but it was Dion last week who, who openly said Travis Hunter wants to play both ways in the NFL. Yeah, uh, he wants to try it. Now, is it sustainable? We'll see. Uh, a couple of other thoughts. It says Alfred Collins was disruptive. That's true. He didn't really register any anything on the stat page, but Alfred Collins was a factor a big batted yeah. ball batted down ball uh, that was a sure. nice play that he had yeah, there when, he, too. when he you know kept his position uh this says uh, is florida state the mo- most complete team so far but well they they certainly look great against lsu mo- uh, sunday night and uh, by the way florida state will play clemson in a couple of weeks uh week four they play clemson mm-hmm. and we didn't uh you know that, that it's clemson not as sexy as it once was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right uh, preseason and but. this says don't forget texas state oh baby bobcats Eat hey, up. I saw, I saw Waco. a couple of Texas State shirts in the neighborhood. Uh, hey, they're wearing them proudly. <laughs> Even Ty's wearing his now. Ty's wearing his as a graduate but of the uh, That's the biggest story, Marvelous. You, you've talked about the uh, the storylines from the first week of college football and kind of what we learned, but the overall uh, kind of macro theme is that the transfer portal uh, inextricably linked with NIL has allowed these programs like Colorado, like Texas State, to flip their narrative and no rein, reinvent the roster in less than a less than one off season. Yeah, one off season. Just I, one off season. Identifying the right pieces and bringing them in. Fifty two transfers come in from uh, for Texas State. Fifty one for Deion Sanders at Colorado, and obviously immediate dividends. We're back when we do. Uh, Rod's going behind the burn orange curtain for the first time. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Yes, the media availability yesterday. Now turning full attention to the Alabama Crimson Tide and Let's the uh, huge test they face on Saturday night. Plus, we'll. Uh, Get uh, some Just the Facts, the What the Facts segment before the top of the hour. It's Ian Rod B on a Tuesday.
Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. And on The Horn app and at our Twitch channel at hornfm.com, YouTube as well. Just download that app and fire it up. We appreciate you wherever you are. We're going to be locked in and talking Texas Bama all week long. If you're headed to Tuscaloosa, boy, what a scene that is going to be. Saturday night, Brian Denny Stadium. I mentioned the update, Rod, but uh, the headlines. Since 2008, Nick Saban teams at Bryant Denny Stadium are 84 and 5. Mm-hmm. They've lost five times since 2008. And they've won 20 in a row on that turf. So that's the challenge. Yeah. Longhorn seven and a half point dogs on mm. the road there. ESPN will have a game. Keep that in mind, by the way, if you're dealing with the ESPN spectrum problem. That is an ESPN game. So if you don't have, I don't know that that issue will be resolved by Saturday. Uh, you never know when those big conglomerates get into uh, a pissing match and uh, can't figure their 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 business it's, out. It's horrible. People are losing it. <laughs> people, ah, rightfully. people on Twitter like they just throwing out vitriol, just straight up hatred toward. Yeah. Look, I haven't had uh, ESPN. And, I haven't yeah. had my NBC channel with my Directv. Oh, me neither. I haven't had it for so, you with. You I haven't mean, U-burst months. Had it for, yeah, months. So, yeah, it's it's really. I thought it'd be resolved by football season. I was like, surely football season will resolve this, man. So, yeah, but but ESPN at this time of year is pretty big one. Pretty big one. That's a huge one. Uh, do you have the five games that I'll find them? Batman has lost. Well, because one I, of them's A&M with Johnny Manziel. We know that. Well, I know one of them's Cam Newton, right? With U- Auburn. 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 Huh? UL Monroe. No, that was the first year. That was Osi- it's 2008, right? Uh, since 2008. So one was Cam Newton, one was Johnny Manziel. We're basically talking they about- lost three home games in Nick Saban's first year at Brian Denny. So there's eight total losses since Nick got there at home, <laughs> but just five. He, you know, since he, he got three in his first to, year, and then yeah, Bill, starting in 08, yeah. it's five total. Um, so, yeah, it's two of them. Well, by transcendent quarterback play. Yep. I, 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 we remember watching all of those. Yeah, I, 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 those other three, I guarantee you, most of this, the those five were by transcendent quarterbacks and transcendent quarterback play, and I think that'll be the the common denominator. And so, if you're gonna beat Alabama, Quinn Ewers gonna have to have a hell of a day. Hell of a day. Yeah, no it's question. Just, that's, that's just the reality of it. He's gonna have to have a hell of a day. And <laughs> and uh, he was on his way to a hell of a day last year in this game in the first quarter. Then got hurt. Yes, he was. And where did that pressure come from? Right up the gut on him. And uh, that was a problem against Rice. The up the middle pressure. And we'll hear Sark talking about that mm-hmm. uh, before we go behind the burn orange curtain with Rod and hearing from Coach Sarkeesian. Let me mention: uh, if you're not going to the game, we want to encourage you to come out and watch it with you and I, Rod. We'll be out at the uh, the field house at the crossing out there in in Cedar Park. Right across from it's essentially across the 183 toll from HEB Center at Cedar Park. That's the location. It is a massive outdoor indoor facility, the perfect watch party environment, in my it opinion, really for a it's big great. crowd. Parking is easy. Uh, bring your own chairs, <laughs> lawn chairs, and set them up, and uh, have some cold Bud Lights with us, and watch this game. If you're not going to Tuscaloosa, you don't have to worry about ESPN. Right, you can come watch it with us, Rod. Mm-hmm. Have a good old time. We'll have hang a, out with the crew. Well, for the six o'clock kick, we'll have a a, tail, a pregame show as well. That's this Saturday at the Field House at the Crossing in Cedar Park. Looking forward to that with our friends at Bud Light and you and myself and all the Horn crew out there this Saturday. But, Rod, let's go behind the BOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Sark met with the media yesterday, of course, to recap uh, the Rice game a little bit, but mostly looking ahead to Alabama. So let's not waste any time. Let's hear from the head coach of the University of Texas football team, Steve Sarkeesian. Um, Let's hear his opening statement from yesterday when he met with the media. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A couple things, just recapping uh, last week's ball game. Um, you know what? What I thought defensively kind of held true. Um, I thought uh, I thought we played really hard. Uh, I thought that we populated the ball, tackled pretty well. I thought our defensive front, you know, Tavondre Sweat had a heck of a game. Uh, but but we found ways to pressure the quarterback. Probably missed a couple opportunities for an, uh, another couple sacks there, uh, creating the turnovers. You know, really limited. I think them to two explosive plays and. You know, one of which was a self-inflicted wound. Just we we didn't match a route very well. So a really good performance on the defensive side of the ball. Um, special teams w- was a little hit and miss in that we did some things really well. A couple things you go back and watch the tape. We'd like to do it a little bit better. Uh, but that's like I said, that's what week one from week two is. And then offensively, again, just that that inconsistency early on, especially at the line of scrimmage. You know, we, we made some errors up front that. Uh, were uncharacteristic for us, um, very fixable things, which that's what we were working on here this morning of getting those things tightened up. A um, couple things in the run game as, as well as in the pass game, a couple of the protection breakdowns, the, the, the fourth and one where we don't block uh, a free hitter right at the point of attack. So uh, that's, that's the good thing, uh, that when you, when you go watch it, that the things that occurred are fixable. Uh, but I, like I touched on with the team, um, everybody on our team has room for improvement, coaches included, where we can be better uh, going into week two. Uh, clearly, week two is a great challenge. Um, going to play uh, Alabama in Tuscaloosa, Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, should be a, a great night of football. I, I know that the key to the drill for us is focusing on what we need to do to prepare uh, and getting ourselves in the right frame of mind, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally to play a four-quarter, hard-fought, very physical game. Uh, yeah, it's going to be physical, and I think one of the – and we'll hear some more of the sound actually coming up next segment. We'll hear start talking about the run game. I think I got the impression one of the things he was disappointed in was the lack of physicality and dominance on the line of scrimmage from the offensive line. Yes. Defensive line, of course. I mean, that was as about as dominant as you can get from a defensive line perspective. But from an offensive line perspective, I think he wanted to see them play bully ball against Rice, and that didn't happen. Yeah, um, they didn't bully Rice around. They did uh, later in this in the game. They wore. I think they kind of warmed down. Um, but early on in the first half, Rice actually threw a lot of different concepts that were really effective versus the offensive line, especially in pass protection. Well, Rod, I did. Uh, we recorded our Monday Eyes on Texas multicast last night. Myself and Rod, Mike Craven that will be out today. Nice. And Craven gave because you know Craven's the senior writer for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, so he, he wrote all the stories for all the the teams in Texas. So mm-hmm. he he did a deep dive behind the Rice Curtain before the season, and he revealed to me last night that uh, remember the former Vanderbilt coach, coach Derek Mason, uh, the defensive minded coach. He, he Mike Bloomgren and he are good friends. He was he's on the staff now uh, down as an advisor. And uh, apparently he helped Mike Bloomberg and his, and his uh, defensive staff uh, work on some things to be ready for Texas in the first game. And obviously, as you heard Sark say, we saw a lot of things we we hadn't seen on film, and they had to adjust to that quickly. And again, I know fans will say, "Well, it's Rice," but at the same time, if you're if, you're, if they're doing brand new things you haven't seen in you know eight months to, to to prepare for the Texas game, 
you know, it, it probably stands to reason that you might miss some things in the first half, first quarter, and that you get some adjustments, and all of a sudden, you know, you blow it open in the third quarter. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna respectfully disagree with Sark on stuff they hadn't seen. Literally, guys, I've been telling you about this stuff. You're, you're right about for that. For like seven, <laughs> I've been talking about it for like seven months. So I don't know what he's talking about there. I think that was just coach speak. We haven't seen. I've been on this radio station. I've been on the Longhorn Blitz. I've been on Owen Texas Football talking about that Baylor game and talking about simulated pressures with amoeba fronts and, uh, and or ghost fronts and using twists and stunts. Yep. So, ha- what? Ha- what? Uh, excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> if I saw it, they got – what did you say the coach was that was helping Rice? Derek Mason. Derek Mason. He was the Oklahoma State guy? Oklahoma State. He yeah. was a Vanderbilt head coach for a while. Vanderbilt, okay. Yeah. So, okay. I'm just saying there's there's other the, – these programs have people like me that just sit in rooms, and that's what they do. They do – they give you – I'm giving you all the information that I that I gather, um, preparing like a player would prepare, but they have coaches that do the same thing. And for to say that they've shown some things you hadn't seen, hadn't seen, go watch the Baylor game. Go watch it. That's – and by the way, the Bama game, same thing. I'm going <sighs> – Okay, let's hear cut two, please. Let's hear start talking about the run game. Yeah, CJ's back at practice today, uh, which was a positive. Uh, the run game-wise, um, you know, th- there were moments when it, it looked really good, you know, and I thought we find, started to find a little bit of rhythm there. Uh, but, but my evaluation of the run game might be different than others. It's how do we run the ball when they know we're going to run the ball? Uh, that, that's, that's really critical, uh, and that's something we take a lot of pride in in our team run periods, the emphasis in which we do it. Um, but, but like I said earlier, I thought some of the errors that occurred in the run game, why things weren't as clean as we maybe would have liked, um, we didn't trust our training well enough, and that, that's something that uh, we need to improve upon You know, because we can't, can't guarantee what every front's going to be or what every pressure and line stunt's going to be. So we've got to trust our training and use our fundamentals and use our techniques and improve upon those to make sure, regardless of what the look is that we get, that we block it accordingly and that we do it with, in, with a level of physicality that is up to our standard. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, I, it, Shano has a great saying, Kyle Shanahan, um, who I played with and was a coach of the 49ers now, good friend. He's, he says, be coachable, but don't be a robot. And you want the guys to, you know, be coachable, understand their their assignment, their their alignment, all the techniques and fundamentals. But if a, if the opponent does something that was, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that you did not predict, that was not a part of the the game plan, you have to be able to become a football player. Yeah, just on the fly. And that's kind of what coach is talking about there. Yeah, and as this text says, a positive for Sark. He did, at least he adjusted from first half to second half, which is true. They did Very go true. to the quick game in the second. Very true. He did. Uh, blew the game out. That yes. 21-point third quarter was, uh, you know, put it on cruise control. And I know they didn't cover the number, but uh, that was a missed opportunities in the first half in my mind because the defense, you know, after they you know, gave up the three points early after the Texas turnover on downs, and they blanked Rice. I mean, Rice had 60 yards. Because remember, going into the fourth quarter, I think Rice had under 80 yards of total mm-hmm. offense in that game. Uh, they they went on that one long nine-minute drive after Texas missed the long field goal in the fourth quarter, or they wouldn't have gotten to 100 yards, and uh, they scored that touchdown. That also prevented us from probably seeing Arch Manning make yeah, his uh, debut because they were Arch was warming up on the sidelines, but that nine-minute drive, 
Uh, it was something that, uh, you know, really didn't allow that to happen because Malik Murphy just finished it up in the final two and a half minutes of the game. Longhorns 37, Rice 10. Uh, one of the other storylines of college football in this first weekend, right, is something you pointed out ahead of time to say watch for the shorter games, right, the fewer possessions because of the mm, clock change rules. It's happening. Coaches don't like it right now. Some fans don't like it. But uh, the the possessions are valuable. It, we, I, mm-hmm. it brings me back to the Clemson game last night. You know, you can't fumble the ball at the goal line. Nope. You can't miss opportunities in the red zone. You're just not going to get enough opportunities, especially against another team that's a good got a good offense that's going to move the ball on you. And we saw that with Clemson last night. We've seen it uh, around the country in week one, and Rod B was the one that told you to watch mm-hmm. for that because we're seeing fewer possessions, quicker games, uh, which is, is shortening the That's opportunities. What they and I think it actually, I, I think it may keep the game, it, keep some of the teams who are um, basically at a disadvantage because of the talent gap. They may have a way to keep the games close, just to choke the life, choke. You know, what I mean, kind of choke the clock. Yeah, prevent for yeah. Just if you can move the play ball, ball and control move the and chain. keep away. Yeah, if yeah. you can do that, just play keep away for a while. Well, we'll talk more about that because I know there are some fans out there that don't like it and then you know didn't think there was a problem, and now the games are shorter. And uh, uh, as we said, the Texas game went three hours and eleven minutes on Saturday, three hours and eleven, and that included the twenty-five minute halftime. It's so rare that it actually went in the DVR a lot of times. Yeah, <laughs> and did it's that so the extension. It's, yeah, usually you had to record the next thing. And that like, never sometimes two things after that, it goes over. But you're right. Hey, coming back, what the facts? What the facts? Including uh, something we mentioned with the Longhorns running back, C.J. Baxter. Also, the Astros get out the big bats yesterday against the Rangers. We'll preview all that coming back. It's Ian Rodby on a Tuesday. Don't want to see this here as we start a new week. Unfortunately, we do have a crash, though, on southbound I-35. That is the heavy side of the interstate this time of day. Coming down from Wells Ranch Parkway to Breaker, where the crash has been reported. So... Anticipate those delays. Might want to take another route. Northbound on the interstate, starting to build up as per usual in Hayes County, Kyle DeButa, Onion Creek to Stasty, and then Riverside to Cesar Chavez. As we check westbound Highway 71 in the Garfield area, we did have a crash reported, but that appears to be done. And westbound on 290, headed toward Greg Maynard Road in Maynard. Uh, That wreck is done, too, so uh, no more delays to speak of through there. I'm Don Miller. That's traffic. Hey, what's up, folks? Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers here. Uh, let me tell you about Bud Light. Had a great weekend, and you know football is back. America's favorite game and America's favorite beer. I like to combine them both. That is a championship tag team, football and Bud Light. Oh, it just uh, feels it just feels right. And during uh, college football season, make sure that you keep your fridge stocked with Bud Light. Perfect tailgating beverage for all your tailgating activities, but also for all your football watch parties. Make sure you are stocked up with the world's a best light beer. It is the uh, sure sign of a good time and turns those good times into great times and the rest of the times into the best of times. That's why Bud Light is my go-to beverage on uh, for my Longhorn tailgates on Saturdays, game day watch parties, uh, even uh, NFL Sundays. Love me some Bud Light. Whether you want to toast and cheers to a brighter tomorrow or drown your sorrows, it's never a bad time to break out the Bud Light. Bud Light isn't just for anybody. It is for everybody. And the best way to get the good times going is to keep that Bud Light flowing. Bud Light Sure, sound of a good time because, uh, like I said, hey, you want to be the life of the party, you bring more Bud Light to the party. Uh, Bud Light brewed deep in the heart of Texas by Texans for Texans and damn proud of it. 
Texas' best Hyundai dealership just got better. It's the ultimate grand reopening of Round Rock Hyundai. Happening now. A complete remodel inside and out. Exclusive customer lounge. Special Hyundai factory program vehicles like a new Santa Fe and Incentive. All backed by America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Plus owner assurance. Based on total package of warranty programs. Terms and conditions available. See dealer for details. See dealer for limited warranty details. See you at Round Rock Hyundai. 2405 North I-35 and roundrockhyundai.com. Sue Patrick, the iconic local business, with us since 1975, has 48 years. It's Sue Patrick and her son, Jay Willems. There, they specialize at Sue Patrick in just about anything that's truly Texas or truly Austin. But best of all, it's the greatest place of all to get the classy, really good Longhorn gear, merchandise, and clothing that you want. Just in right now. Just in Texas Longhorn football player jerseys for 2023, and they are sharp. They've got them for players Xavier Worthy, Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers, and Jalen Ford. Texas Longhorn football player jerseys for 2023. Get over there, I suggest, now and get yours before they're gone. And by the way, there's no hot and confounding parking garage to deal with. You park right at the front door, 5222 Burnett Road. Plan your next visit any Monday through Saturday, 9.30 to 4. Or check them out now at suepatrick.com. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. The Horns text line is brought to you by Specs, a Texas-sized selection of wines, spirits, finer foods, and specialty beers. Cheers to savings. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. More from Sark throughout the morning. Texas and Alabama coming up on Saturday night. Steve Sarkeesian going back to Tuscaloosa where he helped Nick Saban win a couple of national or win a national championship as the offensive coordinator. Now trying to become an assistant that goes in there. Rod, you asked the question. It's time for just the facts. What the facts? What the facts? What the facts? Brought to you by our friends at Texas Orthopedics. Uh, the four, the five games that Alabama has lost uh, in Tuscaloosa since 2008. 2010 Auburn. We knew Cam Newton. The Heisman Trophy campaign. The Heisman Trophy winner. Beat him, yeah, right. 28-27. There at Alabama, too, right? It was a comeback win. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, they rallied from a 24-point <laughs> deficit to win that game. Oh, that was his Heisman moment right there. It was like, because he was, oh, man, that was, it was amazing. 2011, LSU kicked a field goal in overtime to beat them 9-6. Mm, I don't know who then the court- Remember there, they would play again in the national, national championship time. game. And what, who was the quarterback LSU then? Remember wasn't this? a lot of offense in that game. Yeah, see, exactly. They, All deep. That, that's one that's the exception to the rule. All right, who's the, and 20, J- 2012, Johnny Manziel. Okay, Heisman Trophy. 29-23. Yeah. All-time great season. 2015, Ole Miss quarterback Chad Kelly. Mm. He had a great game, though. 341 yards and play, three touchdowns. But, yeah, he played He, he played lights out. Hey, he, he may not be on the transcendent quarterback list, but he played He played lights out. And then 2019, a guy named Joe Burrow locked up the Heisman <laughs> Trophy with a 393-yard shredding so, yeah, of the Bama go. defense 46-41 final. So, yeah, my, my, my theory, my hypothesis still stands that you're going to need a transcendent performance from your quarterback, most more than likely, unless your defense is like the 2011 LSU defense. 
Yeah. <laughs> what's more likely? Well, what's, more, what's more likely? Quinn Ewers having a transcendent game at Alabama to lead you to victory or your defense being an LS, 2011 LSU caliber defense to help you win that game in Alabama? Which – which uh, path to victory is more likely for you? Because that's the only two paths. That's the only two paths. That's, all, you're eagle. that's why he's only lost five times at Alabama. 84 and five. 84 and five. Yeah. And by the way. So what is it? What is it? Which one is more likely? Uh, Give it to The him. defense. Which, the defense. Yes, it is. I think the I defense think we all agree. Being, <laughs> being standing on its head. They did last year. They did. They, they did, did last right. year. It's a great game like, plan. They played well. Of a right. couple of plays in the fourth quarter. Yep. And I'm, I would I'm also and, I would, and and they didn't get transcendent quarterback play in that game, or they they would have won. And obviously, both quarterbacks got hurt in that game for Texas. Quinn Ewers left the game, and then Hudson Card was hobbling one around. Yeah, <laughs> almost beat them. Well, here's one another leg. little what the fact. What in the, the in those those five losses, Rod, I just did some quick St. Edwards math, so it's probably wrong. <laughs> you should never do math on air. <laughs> I just did. I did it in my rule. head too. Just, oh no! But my by, oh, by, my addition, the five <laughs> losses that Alabama has suffered at home since 2008 have come by a combined 20 points. <laughs> 20 points. That is also silly. <laughs> One point lost to Auburn. Wow. Uh, that's, that's Three point lost to LSU. Hmm. Six point lost to A&M. Damn. Six point lost to Ole Miss. Wow. Uh, five point lost to LSU. Maybe it's 19 or 20. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, that's Ridiculous. exactly. <laughs> I mean, there that's, you go. I mean, every it's... game was a one-score game and winnable, obviously, and it took a miracle at some level. So you, know it's gonna Texas... be, so you know it's going to be a one-score game, one-score win for yeah. you. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight, if, or it's going to be ugly the other way, right? I mean, that's But you got to go win it in the fourth quarter, and Texas has not yet proven yet that Capable. against good teams that they are a fourth-quarter, fourth-quarter football team. Yeah. Uh, all right, also, Rod, from what the facts, what Clemson, the facts? Clemson passed for 209 and ran for 213 last night and lost to Duke by 21 points. Mm. Entering the game, Tigers under Dabo Sweeney were 58-0. 58-0 when they ran 58. and passed for at least 200 yards. Wow. And the Clemson program, before even Dabo Swinney, when they had accomplished that fact, 108 straight wins until last night. 108, now 108 and 1. 108 and 1. But like you said, that was some weird, that was a weird strange game, stuff brother. happening in that game, man. Yeah, that was some weird. And honestly, that Clemson, like I say, they lost the game. Duke won that game. But Clemson, they were their own worst enemy. I'll say that. Duke's second largest margin of victory ever over a top 10 opponent. What do you got for me, Rod? What are your facts of the day? Um, I got one for you. Um, talking about the, um, the Oklahoma defense and their improvements. Oh, wow. Yeah. Brent uh, Venables. Brent Venables. I mean, he's on a mission. Uh, he's on a mission. Uh, so apparently they only had three missed tackles, according to Pro Football Focus, against Arkansas State on Saturday. That would have been a season low for them last season. They averaged 13 and a half missed tackles per game last year. Well, can I so, play something for you on that what the fact? Is this, Butch, is this Butch Jones? Butch Jones. I know. I, oh, yeah. Play this. You is have good. It? It's, no, no, no. This is good. Yeah, this, this is, is Butch Jones, who's I, the I coach of this. Arkansas State, who this was actually good. in tears on the sidelines in that 70-to-whatever <laughs> thrashing. He had a grown man cry. Didn't score a point. Here is uh, <laughs> Butch Jones, who said this is a different Oklahoma team mm-hmm. than they were a year ago. Brent has really done a really good job of really elevating this football team from last year. Uh, so he's done a really good job there. Uh, there was a marked difference. Uh, with this football team than what we saw on video. They're tough. They're physical. Uh, I thought they out-athleted us. The speed differential uh, is probably the most glaring I've probably seen in my career. There you go. 
How and, many times did he say really? <laughs> I'm done. He, he was got in five shock. reallys in there. He was in shock. Brent Venables uh, notes that he deployed 87 different players for for the game, too. So, you know, so, keep your friends yeah. close, your enemies closer. Just Oklahoma, after they, their uh, yeah, seven-loss season a year ago, have improved. And they, they have might used the threat. transfer portal. Yeah. And they have an easy yes. schedule. Great point. So, just so you know, and the Big 12 is not going to look like we thought it was going to look, but Oklahoma may be better than we thought. And that t- turnaround might be for real. So, All Texas right. OU, baby. It's going to be fun. Also, it is a fact the Houston Astros now lead the American <laughs> League West by a game over Seattle and Texas after yesterday's result. Five home runs for the Astros. And uh, we'll Ooh, I got an Astros stat. Can I give that Give it quick? to it. Yeah, we got time. The Astros are the first team in Major League Baseball history to have their number nine and number one batters hit back-to-back home runs twice in the same game. That was uh, Mauricio Dubon and Jose <laughs> Altuve. And then it was, it was the rookie catcher, Yiner Diaz, who hit the big blast in the seventh inning that really cracked that game open. And that Ranger bullpen is, mm. it is a fact. Wow. It is not good. They've lost, what, 13 of their last 17? Yes, and their bullpen Ooh. is probably had another three-run lead. Oh. Yeah. Ty's not happy. Yeah. And the Mariners lost in Cincinnati, so uh, Astros now on top. Good news for the Rangers, though. They get Nathan Ivaldi back today, tonight. He hadn't started in seven weeks. Uh, he'll face Framber Valdez in game two of that series. We're back. Ian Rodby.